happy Wednesday. <laughs> Good morning, beautiful people. It's Wednesday in the Elm. I'm Babs Rose Ivy. Welcome to Love Babs Love Talk. Hey, to all the people that listen to us around the globe. Bonjour. <laughs> Buenos dias. Hey, 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 hey. How y'all doing? Thank y'all for tuning in. And I appreciate you greatly. Thank you to all the people who listen to me in these United States. I appreciate you. Thank you for the people who listen to me in my city. Thank you. Uh, thank you to the new people, Dr. Boomaglod. Uh, you might be tuning in this morning and, uh, and uh, with your team. Thank you. Good morning. So uh, I've scheduled my colonoscopy for August. So Ife, I'm going to send you the date because you're going to have to go with me because I'm in the mid-state world. So I got to go to Meriden to the mid-state medical center and have this done because my BMI is too high. And what they're saying is I'm fat. And so they have to take all the precautions so I don't like die or something or have a stroke or something. I'm not going to have any of those things, but I get it. So anyway, uh, I'll send you the date, Tifei, because I know uh, you, you've got to drive me. I mean, I could drive there, but you have to drive me home. <laughs> it's summer, everybody. It's the first day of summer. Actually, here in uh, on the East Coast, summer is at 10, 10.58, I think. But nonetheless, it's summer. And, um, you know, when it's summer, well, it doesn't become summer to me until I hear Will Smith and DJ Jazzy Jeff, um, their version of Summer Madness. And Summer Madness is, you know, a song by Cool and the Gang. But DJ Jazzy Jeff and Will Smith added their rap to it. And so it really is the official anthem of summer. You know, I, I don't feel like it's summer until I hear that. So I'm gonna hear it today. So if you don't know what it is, go look it up. And then, and then I just get into a summer playlist. Like, what am I listening to, right? I'm trying to finish the, the Yellow House so I can get into a summer read. Yes, BMI is racist, Harry. <laughs> but I, I'm not gonna argue with these people while they gotta go up in me with a tube and a camera. I'm not, <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I don't want no oops. <laughs> We listen, I already know it's racist. I already know how this country feels about black people, black fat people, black people, fat people. I already know. So I already know the BMI is just, you know, because by right, they want me to be like 120 pounds. Now I'm not knocking 120 pounds, but I'm never gonna be 120 pounds unless I'm dropped in some place where there is no food and I get emaciated. Do you know what I mean? Like, unless I'm someplace on a, uh, uh, on a plane crash and I, I can't eat nothing, you know, then I live on the fat of the body. But we know the BMI is racist and it's, and it's Eurocentric in its, in its measure, right? They don't, they're not concerning themselves with black bodies. So I know that, you know that, we know that, they know that. Uh, so anyway, my BMI is high for them, you know, whatever. <laughs> whatever. Um, 
So Harry, I'm on Ozempic. My, I've been on Ozempic for about two months now. And uh, uh, it's a better, better, because I'm di- I have diabetes. And it really has leveled out that playing field for me. Will I lose any weight? Who knows? <laughs> Who even knows? They, I think I might lose some weight. I don't know. I know my BMI is lowered. And I lowered my own BMI just with diet, you know, and, and stop all the stuff to have the surgeries. Uh, but no, so my, my doctor just said, let's, let's try this route. These drugs have shown to be really good for people. And I think you'd be a good candidate. So I've lost some weight because I was, I was 302 when I started it. I'm 288 now. So, yeah, <laughs> all right. We'll see what happens. You know, uh, we'll see what happens. I'm, I'm going to do it. It's not bothering me. I, I, I did the initial, you know, the first first month of, I think it's been about, yeah, I did the first month. Yeah, the first month of the low doses, the second month of a little bit more. And so I'm just now starting a little bit more and more. So. So yeah, well, we'll see if the fat girl could lose some weight. We'll see. I, I'm not worried. I'm not too worried about it. You know, I, I don't concern myself with weight like that anymore. I don't care. I really don't care. I'm fine. You know, but uh, I like to the the the. I, I I don't mind being fat. That that's never my problem. What I hate is all the medicines I have to take. But I don't hate the medicines to the point where. I'm going to give them up. Do you know what I mean? Like, I'm grateful that I have medicine that I could, that I have insurance and I have medicine. I'm grateful for that. So my lamenting is not at the medicine. I mean, my lamenting is not, it's not, it's not about that. It's just that I'm aging and I feel like I don't have much control, but I have much control. And so I just got to exercise that control, you know, and and get myself and you know harry and i talk about this we've talked about this all the time leading up to it once you, once it clicks once you go down the path there's no turning back you just get into a vibe and so that's where i'm at i'm into a vibe now you know like i don't eat late at night unless i'm hanging out on the porch uh, but and i just came off uh, a drug therapy routine that um uh uh made me not hungry for lack of a better word. That's not what the drug therapy was designed to do. The drug therapy was designed to do something else. But, you know, when you were in drug therapy stuff, it, you know, you just feel like, oh, you know, that's it. So anyway, I got a lot of health challenges. No more than most people, don't get me wrong. You know, uh, so I'm just, I'm just, I'm just muddling through. So, but yeah, I just felt like, I went to bed. I went to bed last night. I did not sleep well. You know, I was sleepy yesterday at around nine. I should have should have took my black ass to bed right then and there, but I did not. So I messed around, messed around. I don't know what I was doing, messing around. And then next thing I know, it's two o'clock in the morning. I was like, oh, and now I'm not sleepy. So I mess around a little bit more. It's three o'clock. I was like, okay. So I get up. I get up at around 2.30, 
I go and wash the dishes and clean up my kitchen. <laughs> and then I and then I got back into bed and then I finally went to sleep and then I w- woke up early, got myself together. So, uh, so yeah, I don't know what that was about. It's been, I, I'm not on any uh, opioids or any of that stuff because when I was at the height of the opioid use, uh, I could not sleep. Oh God, it was, whoo, sleep was elusive. But now I think I'm, I'm finding a, a good balance. I'm, I'm least averaging about five, six hours a night, which is, you know, if I could get another two hours, then I feel like, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm cooling the brain and doing all the stuff with the brain. We shall see. Hmm. I made a good, I made just enough coffee for this cup. I made just enough coffee for this cup. And you know what I've been doing? I've been putting putting the coffee in and then sprinkling cinnamon in the grind, you know, in the grounds so that it filters together. And it it makes such an amazing cup of coffee. I know it's doing wonders for all my systems. <laughs> It's doing wonders. Oh, so let me tell you one thing. If I lose weight, I still have I still have a wardrobe, a great wardrobe at, at different sizes. Uh, I remember years ago, this had to be like before I was when I was newly married. I got rid of all my clothes because I was like, I'm losing weight and I never want to see these clothes again. And I think about that and I was like, I wish I didn't do that because I had some really nice clothes <laughs> that I really would have liked to get. <laughs> I still have nice clothes. I have way too many clothes. Way too many. Way, way, way too many clothes. I know it. And my goal is to go through and get rid of stuff that I don't absolutely love. And I, and I, I can tell you, I don't have too many things that I don't absolutely love. That's just honest to God. <laughs> and and I, I, I'll buy one or two trendy pieces uh, a season. You know what I mean? To just keep it, t- and it. And it has to blend in with the rest of my stuff. It can't be an odd man out. So I have stuff from a long time ago that I still rock. I have I don't have any... Do I have anything new? I have one or two new things that I bought. Uh, uh, yeah, like like little shirts, you know, nothing, not a not a dress or anything or a pantsuit. Although I would like to lose weight. Hopefully, I could lose some weight and get into um, pants that I wore last summer. Last summer, I was I was two seventy, like hitting almost two two sixty five. So I was way. I had a whole wardrobe that I can't fit right now because it's, you know, I'm I'm like 20 pounds heavier. So, uh, uh, but I think if I if I can get down a few more pounds before the summer, I could slide back into those into those things <laughs> that I that I really liked. <laughs> oh, oh Lord. I need to go underwear shopping. I meant to do that for my 60th birthday, but since I'm 60 all year, I don't have to hang my hat on everything on May 2nd. So all year, all year, all year, I'm celebrating. So I need to go on a, 
I need to go on a purposeful underwear shopping spree. And uh, I did laundry before I went on the um, storytellers retreat and I folded underwear. And for the life of me, I don't know where they are. <laughs> I still have lots of underwear, but this particular, these particular pairs of underwear I really like. I don't know where they are. I swear to God, I do not know where they are. I don't know where they are. I don't know what I did with I remember folding them up, leaving them on the bed, and my daughter slept in my bed, but I don't know where she put them. I, you know, my crazy stuff, I didn't even ask. I was like, did you see my underwear folded up somewhere? And I went through my drawers, I don't see them. So I I don't know. I know this is probably way more information than people want anywhere in the world. But I'm lamenting. I need to go buy some new underwear. And so this is this is the this is my catch 22 which really is insanity. I'm like, well, I'm losing a little weight. Do I really want to go buy underwear now and then and then lose some more weight and then these, I have to go buy new underwear again? And listen, my underwear is nice. It's not like, not like they're the dregs, right? Like, it's not like they're raggedy. I don't, I don't own any raggedy underwear. Um, but I just thought I, I had made a promise to myself that I'd get some new underwear. So maybe I'll just go buy a little bit of new underwear and as I lose weight, I'll just buy more underwear or whatever, you know, uh, because I really, I, that's the promise I want to keep to myself to buy new underwear and not wait. Like I'm going to buy underwear for the body that I have right this moment. So that's what I'm going to do. Thank you all for listening and letting me work that out in my crazy head. I'm going to just go buy some underwear. And I need new bras too. I need new bras. I need new bras. I hate buying bras. Now, my bust line hasn't changed in forever. I still wear the same size bra, you know. And, 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 but I need, I need these girls to get a little bit more support. Or maybe I don't. I don't know. I was looking at those little yitty things, you know, Lizzo's. But they don't look like they got no support. Is it me? <laughs> girls putting on these little rubber band bras. I don't, I need bras that hold me in on the side and, push them up a little bit, get these little, little thin bras. But I don't know. And I, I've tried a couple of them. I don't like them because they don't shape your breast good to me. I like a little bit of shape. I like a whole little, you know, I like them to be plumped up a little bit. Not necessarily underwire because they got all these things that are not underwire. You know, I don't know. I know this is a whole conversation on intimate apparel that nobody wants to have, but damn it, I'm having it. <laughs> so when I go buy new panties, I'm gonna get new bras too. I'm gonna get some new bras. I need some. You know, I like fancy bras. Now I have a drawer full of bras, and for whatever reason, I don't like any of them. You know, I wear them, and then I'm like, then I realize, oh God, I don't like this bra. I don't like a bra that rides up. I like a bra that sucks in the sides. You know what I mean? I like a bra that catches the back fat. <laughs> there are bras that do that. You know, I like a plunging bra too. I like a plunge. I like a little bit of a plunge. You know, the bra I have on is a plunge, but this thing is losing its, uh, its ability to hold the girls up, you know, but it's so comfortable. <laughs> and I'm not giving up comfort for form. I'm not doing that. So I need comfort and form. I need, somebody's got the, I got to search high and low. I, somebody has a bra like that, 
you know, that, that, and new bras are good like that, right? You get a new bra and it just, and then it begins to become you, you know what I mean? So, so I, I have tons and tons of bras. I got my lingerie bras and my fancy panty bra panties. And then, and I wear them periodically. Fancy panties are uncomfortable for long periods of time. Fancy panties are for when you know you're going to have an extraordinary evening or an extraordinary episode after the fact or something, you know. Fancy panties are for when you know you're going to have a tryst. This is a family show. I'm trying to, trying to say have sex in a way that little ears don't go, what? That, that's it. I like fancy, fancy panties because I like the way they feel on my skin. But lacy things are not the most comfortable things. I like a good brief, you know, to pull it all in, suck it in a little bit. Not at nausea, not, not to make you feel uncomfortable. I love these panties now to give you a little, a, a little bit of spandex in them. So they kind of like smooth you out a little bit. And I don't have a cellulite problem. Like I don't have dimply thighs or meat you know I don't have any of that I'm just fat but I got a clean smooth fat so anyway I like panties that sort of you know just smooth you out a little bit so you're not jiggly and lumpy I like that I don't like to be lumpy and I don't like I like a smooth you know I like a smooth smoothness I tell you what I've been loving and I'm I'm gonna and I ordered these and I can't remember where the hell I ordered them from but the 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 um the the sh the short panties, you know, the panties that are like shorts, but they got a they got a little spandex in in them, so they like it's not a girdle, it's a foundation garment, but it's so light, and I love the smoothing, ah, oh, love it. So if I could find some of those, I rock those all summer. I actually like those a lot. So I I again, I bought two pair. I could only find one pair. I don't. I don't know what is somebody in my is there underwear a panty monster in my house I don't know where they're going I just don't know all right that's enough about my uh intimate apparel and, and I know y'all are hella interested in that <laughs> oh and another thing I I I don't have any summer maybe I do and I just didn't unpack them summer um pajamas you know I like summer summer pajamas. I, I actually sleep in the buff and I keep my summer pajamas by in the bed with me. So if I have to get out of the bed, I just grab my pajamas. I know this is way more information than anybody on the planet wants, but I'm gonna give you some of this today. So yeah, and it and you know, this stems from I had to make myself sleep without clothes because I grew up in a very violent household. And so when we were children, my brothers and sisters and I, we'd always be dressed as if we had to run for our lives. My sister still sleeps like that. She still sleeps like she got to get up in the, in the middle of the night and, and run for freedom. <laughs> I swear to God. And I, and I told myself, F that. I'm not going to be a, I'm not living like that. So I, I started sleeping naked to break myself out of that fear of, I gotta get up in the middle of the night and be ready to run. I just, I needed to break myself out of that. So I just started sleeping in the buff. And I actually like sleeping in the buff because it's cool and it's nice. 
but I keep my clothes, my pajamas on the, in the bed with me. I know that's, that's the only way this is going to work. Otherwise I got to put the pajamas on and be ready to run for freedom. Uh, I'm 60 years old and I'm still, and I still think about those moments. My brothers, my brothers and my sisters and I, we, you know, we, we don't talk about this often. You know, we laugh about it and we joke about how we had to run out of the house because my father was going to shoot us or some mess like that or we beating up my mother. You know, we, we, we endured that. And, uh, and that's in us. That's in our DNA. That is in our, that's in us. I don't think you can wash that away. You can't therapy that away. It's just, it's just in us. Um, and we all each have our ways of dealing with that level of trauma and fear. Uh, um, some of us better than others, <laughs> but we all manage to sort of deal with it. My sister still sleeps as if she got to run the freedom. <laughs> I swear to God, my sister, is not, she is not gonna be caught out there. <laughs> Me, I'll, I'll put my pajamas next to me in the bed or under my pillow. And, uh, uh, and that's how I, that's how I, I, I roll. Uh, and, and this is, this is just post-traumatic stress disorder stuff. You know, we were terrorized and, and there was no therapeutic, uh, supports when we were children. You know, my father would get drunk, beat my mother to damn near death. We'd run to my aunt's house in the next parking lot, you know, across the parking lot and through the park to my aunt's house. We all, we lived in Church East South. My, and I had two aunts that lived in Church East South too. So we'd get to my aunt Betty's house and, uh, and, uh, and we'd just be there in the morning. And then in the morning we'd go home, wash up and go to school. Wash up and go to school. Nobody asked us a damn thing. Like there was no, you know, the cops would come, they would take, take, in those days, they didn't arrest you for domestic violence. They just walked you around the block and say, hey, you gotta sleep this off or, you know, don't, don't be beating up your wife or whatever, whatever. And then I remember when I was a kid, I'd be outside and I'd be listening to the cops and they would be joking with my father. And they'd say stuff, I heard them say stuff like, oh, she didn't give you none last night. That's why you want to beat her ass. And stuff like that, I'm a kid. And I heard this. So we would, we would just get dressed and go to school. And this wasn't a one-off thing. This was, you know, we would dread the weekends. If my father came home for the weekends, you know, if we saw him Friday, we knew Sunday his ass was going to come back and create havoc. He never did that mess on a Friday night or a Saturday night because he would get his check on Fridays and then he'd go drink it up, spend it up. After, you know, he gave my mother some money if she, if she could catch him in time before he got ghost. Uh, and, but he would come Sunday and he'd be just, you know, just trifling and uh, he'd be banging on the door and all this mess and starting to fight. And, oh, I mean, and it would, we would just dread it. You know, we would just dread Sunday nights and we'd be checking, you know, we were little kids and I'd be checking the clock and be like, well, he's not here yet. And then when we hear that damn banging on the door around 10 o'clock, we're like, here we go. You know, here we go. And sure enough, by two o'clock in the morning, we, we run it for our lives because, you know, he's starting that mess. And this went on and 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 on. That's how I grew up. I grew up with a great deal of violence, you know? So that's why I don't have any, uh, that's why I don't have a whole lot of tolerance 
uh, for a lot of stuff, you know, because it just took me so long to undo uh, a lot of that trauma. Uh, and it's not fully undone. Like I, 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 there are still things that I do that I'm affected by, that I'm triggered by because I grew up in a very violent household. And I remember growing, I remember thinking to myself, well, I, maybe it wasn't that violent. <laughs> like, what? Because you don't, I mean, you, you just grow up, you're like, well, maybe it wasn't that bad. It wasn't every day. <laughs> like if it was one time, that's too many times. Ah, so here I am at 60 thinking about these things. And I, and I, I honest to God have made peace. That's why I could talk about this so easily and readily. And, and I, when I talk to people who are still stuck in the story of childhood hurts, I, I have great empathy because I, I understand they freed themselves from what has happened to them. They've not, and, and, it, and getting free takes on a lot of, a, a, it, it's a lot of ways that you can get free from that. But there are people who are still stuck in the story of child, childhood trauma. And I, and I understand it. I, I, I get it, you know. I get it. I, I just, for myself, I, I could see a better, uh, I could see a better me ahead. And I, 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 I wanted that. I didn't always know how to get there. And uh, I was a very angry child. I acted out. Uh, and that's just, and nobody knew the signs of abuse. They just was like, she's just a badass little kid. I wasn't that, but I was really, really smart. So people could see the intelligence. They could see it and they and they were like, well, she's very smart. And they knew my mother, um, but they didn't know what was happening in the home. And then when they started to, you know, I don't know if anybody really found out what was happening in our home. I mean, people in our neighborhood knew, right? Because we lived in Church East Side, it was apartment living. So everybody knows what's happening because st stuff was happening in their houses too, right? So I wasn't alone in and the kind of mess that was going on, you know, was not. So when I, when I see people, particularly when I see people with, with deep addiction, right? Cause that could have been me. I, I don't know what I don't, for the God knows, I do not know why I don't have an addiction. Cause the, all the stuff that has happened to me, you would think I would be one to be tapping out all the time, but, but I, I don't, I don't have that. I mean, I, I think uh, I used, when I was a kid, I used alcohol to numb myself. And I was just drinking indiscriminately. I had no clue about, I was just, whatever somebody put in front of me, I would just drink. And I would drink until I passed out, you know. And then you get to college and I, a little bit more of the same, you know. Uh, thank God no real, no harm came to me in college. God knows I did a lot of drinking in college. Uh, and then, and then I just, when I got married, I just stopped and just said, okay, do I feel like I need to drink? Do I, is this a problem? And then I was like, no, I, I don't think it's a problem because I can just stop. <laughs> I don't wake it up in the morning thinking, damn, I want to drink or I got to have a drink every time. I'm, I'm thinking about the next drink. I, I wasn't doing that. So I was like, well, maybe I don't have a, maybe I don't have a problem. So I went to one AA meeting before I made the decision to stop because I wanted to see if I had a problem. I went to the AA meeting. I was like, ooh, these people are on my nerves. 
No shade to AA. No, 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 no. I don't, I don't, I just said that's not where I needed to be. I didn't have that. I did not have a I can't stop drinking problem. So I just turned my back on it. I was like, all right. So for 10, 12 years of my marriage, I didn't drink at all. One, because my husband was Muslim. Um, but I had already, but before I even met him, because I met him, uh, I had stopped drinking like right at my brother's wedding. I, I think before my brother's wedding, New Year's. So I didn't drink for New Year's that year. And, uh, and I had met Lawrence, I don't know, like February or March or some old mess. Um, so I, I, I wasn't drinking. Uh, and I, I just wanted to say to myself, I didn't have a problem. And same thing with cigarettes. Once, once I felt like I was just smoking too much, uh, I, I, don't, I don't like anything that I, that I don't like to believe that I can't quit anything. I just don't like that. So when my nephew was born, my nephew Duda was born, I just quit smoking. And I was a good smoker. I mean, I was, I was well into my 20s when I quit smoking, you know, uh, I was smoking like a teenager. And then I guess I must've started stopped smoking when, when after I graduated college, so I, I smoked a good bit. And then I just like, oh, latest for this, I quit. <laughs> I quit. I was like, uh-uh. I was like, what do you mean I, this is addictive? Oh, forget that. And I never looked back. I never picked up another cigarette again in my life. I was like, I'm done with this. <laughs> it's like, I got this new baby. Oh, I'm done. Uh-uh. I don't even want to smoke. I just don't like anything having that kind of control over me. That I think that's really at the heart of how I, I am. I don't like anything that I that I can't quit. Latest, uh-uh. So and no shade to people who gotta have a cigarette, can't stop smoking. I no shade. I know that stuff is hard. I'm just saying for me, I just couldn't stand it. I just couldn't stand it. <laughs> I just couldn't stand it. I was like, and I like smoking. I, I had, I smoked more menthols, Newports, Benson Hedges, um, sometimes cool that would break your chest. Uh, Marlboros. Ugh, I didn't like Marlboros because they were unfiltered and they were just, it was just like smoke. Menthol is what I like. And then I just quit. I was like, I'm done. So I didn't smoke or drink. I stopped everything. I mean, I had stopped smoking long before I even became a real adult, though. I was, I had already graduated college and I was just like, all right, I'm done. <laughs> I'm done. And I just quit. Uh, and then just not drinking for 10 years is like, huh. And then, and then I wanted to learn about wines and spirits and, and all of that. And so, I started reading and, and then I said, okay, uh, I joined a wine club and uh, a wine tasting club. And, and then I just wanted to be sophisticated. You know, I wanted to know about wines in the regions and, and tasting. Um, and so I just became self-taught. Uh, and then I was like, I don't have a problem. I just was drinking the, I was just young and stupid. Now I'm like, all right, I know what I like to drink. I know what I like, and uh, and I drink responsibly, except when I'm on the porch. But other than that, so that's you know, that's that's it. That's that's it. That's it. So I don't, I don't, uh, 
I don't ascribe to an addictive, I don't have an addictive personality. I don't, I, uh, even in relationships, it is, you know, once I'm, once I'm done with you, once I'm over it, I'm over it. I'll lament it up until a point, right? Until I get sick of it myself. And then I'm like, oh, I'm done with this. <laughs> I wake up one day, I'm like, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm over this. <laughs> and it's fine. I know what it is to be in love. I know what it is to be hurt. I know what it is to be dragged. I know what it is to be shamed. I know what it is to be harmed. I know what it is to be uh, embarrassed. I know what it is to be humiliated. I know what it is to be disregarded, disrespected. Uh, I, I, I know all of that stuff. I, I know all of it. And, uh, but one thing, with, one thing you'll, you'll know about me is uh, I know how to rise. And I didn't always know how to rise because I there was times when, you know, suicide was dripping from my lips, you know, and 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 I the pain was unimaginable and unbearable. Suicide was dripping from my like I was I, I was in that psychosis, I, I was in it, and 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 then, and you know when you go down that tunnel, there is no light. It is just you're just focused on. I got to get out of this world. I got to get out of this life. I got to get out of this life. And this is the only way I know to get out of this life. And then the most amazing things always happen. When I got to that, lo the lowest point that you could be at, some magical thing, the hand of God, the breath of life, something would come and shift the winds and I would just be redirected. Some magical thing so many magical things would just shift me supernatural things that would just shift me uh and pull me out of this the that headspace would pull me out and whew, that is that you know it's been a long time since i felt like i wanted to commit suicide it's been a long time very long time you know uh and uh, I, and I, I hope that time never comes back, you know, unless unless I get like, you know, if, I, if they tell me I've got early onset dementia, then I might have to make a plan. But <laughs> that's just me. I'm not suggesting that for anybody else. I don't I don't want, I don't want to be in the world. I can't know my peoples. And I don't I, that's not living for me. I, if, if the brain is starting to do that thing, I, we have, I have to have a plan. I need another plan. I was like. Listen, let me let me go quietly into this good night because I I don't want to have nobody to wrestle with me and I don't recognize my friends, my family. I know life is precious. Believe me, I get it. You know, but this is my life and all the things that I know, I don't want to be without. So I'm just listen. That's this is just my ish. It's nobody else's. And and don't write me letters. <laughs> and don't send me prayers. <laughs> Because you send in prayers because you're judging me and I don't care. I don't care about the judgment. Just don't send me prayers. <laughs> not, not in that state. Send me prayers of when I'm doing, like, you know, if you're celebrating me. Don't send me prayers because you think I'm falling. I'm not falling. I'm just telling you how I process things. And that's it. You know what I mean? Like, I'm just telling you how I process things. So, 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 you know. Uh, that's you know, we could we could be better stewards to each other. We could be better humans to each other. 
you know, somebody had said to me the other day um, that you're, that the porch cures loneliness. And I was like, yeah, it does. It does. Because we've gotten away from being social with each other. We, we've forgotten the, the fine art of fellowship. We, we, we move away from that. Everybody's estranged from one another, you know. Um, and, 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 and we don't tell the truth about our lives to each other. You know, we don't say, you know what, I, I feel bad right now. Or I'm nervous about this. Or I have anxiety about this. Or I've been crying about this. I mean, I, my, my girlfriend group, we are good like that. We just say, listen, I'm not coming outside today because I don't feel like it. I feel tired in my spirit. And we're like, okay. And we, let, and we let each other go off and do that. And then we check in, right? Like, they can't just say, I'm tired of my spirit. And I go off and I don't pay attention to that. We just check back in with each other. You good? What you need? You want something? What you got to do? You know, uh, how you feeling? What's going on? What's up? And, and that's how we stay connected to one another. And, that's, and I, I think the fine art of friendship is lacking. It's, it's lacking. People, people are, are, are not holding these deep relationships with people. Everybody, everybody is fearful and uh, afraid and nobody wants to be taken advantage of and nobody wants to be made a fool of. And I get it. You know, I, I understand that, but, but you got to take a risk. Love is risk taking. You know, if you love somebody, you're taking a risk every single day. That's what it is. Love is a constant state of grace, forgiveness, and risk. That's what it is. <laughs> love is a constant state of grace, forgiveness, and risk. That's it. <laughs> All the other stuff around it is support is supporting characters. But those three right there, the main characters, love, you know, grace, meaning grace means you make room for somebody. Forgiveness. You got to be in this. You have to be in a constant state of forgiveness if you're going to be in love with anybody. A constant state of forgiveness. Uh, and then you got to take risks. You know, you got to love people, first of all, where they are and who they are, not who they could be, not where they're going, any of that. You In that moment. And if you cannot do that, you know, then you need to get real with yourself, you know. And it's okay to leave people too. You know, people, I, I get putting in the work. I get it. I get that you put in the work and you make it work. And there are things that are worth fighting for. But some people are fighting for things that are just categorically stupid. Because <laughs> if somebody doesn't want you, they don't want you. There's, there's nothing you can do. Um, to make them stay. I, I heard Oprah say that. She was holding on to the doorknob. And if you're doing that, it's done. Do you know what I mean? Like you want somebody to choose you. You don't want somebody to be guilted into being with you. You know, who wants that? You want somebody to come freely and of their own accord. You want them to come joyously. You want them to stay joyously. And even whatever the tensions arrive, they are they're happy to continue to work on whatever it is that needs to be worked on. Do you know what I mean? Like that's, that's, that's what I, listen, grace, forgiveness, and risk. That's it. And if you're not willing to delve in, and I hear people talk themselves out of putting themselves out there all the time. 
and because I, I listen, I'm a good listener. I listen to people, and and I and women do this all the time, but I think men do it too. You know, they'll 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 preface not getting out there, you know, because they just automatically assume they're just gonna get some bad apples, and you probably will. I kiss a lot of frogs to get to the prince. I I get that, but you cannot be daunted by that, right? Like you just cannot be. You cannot be daunted. And if you find somebody that you're willing to work out, be after the 90 days of this is whatever this is, you know, the attraction and all that stupid stuff. But when it gets down to the, to the, see, I like to get past the 90 days of foolishness, right? That first three months, six months of, oh, I keep, I'm just, we're excited and we're giggling, we're texting and, oh, we're having great places to dinner. You know, what happens when, you know, you're annoyed and, and he's the annoyance, right? But you, you like him, you dig him. I mean, it's, I like to get to that stage, like, so that, so that we could really figure out love language. So you could really do your due diligence. So you could really hammer out if this is gonna go somewhere and is this gonna stay, you know? That, I don't think we do enough of that, you know? It's all right to date. And, and, and one date doesn't make it serious. Five days doesn't make it serious. Six days doesn't make it serious. It's when you all are really ready to have the conversation about, hey, we doing this? And, and what is this that we're doing? You know, and I, I've been hearing too many sisters talking about, uh, I, I've seen too many declarations on, on the social media sites where women are saying, you know, if he, can't, if he can't claim me, if he can't put a label, you know, he's like, oh, I don't, I don't want, because I, I was with a man uh, who didn't want to label stuff. And I, I was like, all right, whatever. Um, and then, you know, I let him move into my house and we were friends, we were childhood friends. And then he just treated me so poorly, treated me badly in front of my children. And I, for the life of me, I still, I think if I regret anything, I regret that, you know? And I, I was still, well, he's my friend. He did, clearly we we've been we've been friends for all our lives so i don't understand his behavior this is not about me this is about him but you know i woke up one day i was like this got it in i was like oh i think i'm being gaslighted i think i'm being being disrespected i think and then once i once once i started myself into the truth i was like oh this has got to end so i regret that my children saw me in this terrible relationship and and seeing me work so hard to make it work uh, but it was a good it was a good lesson it was a teachable moment for me and it was a teachable moment for them and so i i you know as much as i much as i uh much as i thought i loved that person i was just being an idiot you know so, and I own it. So anyway, and I've not spoken to him since. I'm never going to speak to him again as long as I live, you know, and he knows that. So, you know, and, 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 and I told my children, don't have a relationship with him because he's a, he's an opportunist, you know, don't, don't even do it. I mean, we grew up together, so I know him. I know his family and those people, you know, I know him, but clearly I didn't because I, and I watched him do this mess with other women over the years. I've seen him get into these relationships and just F them up. I'd be like, why are you, why, 
What's wrong with you? <laughs> did not think he would ever treat me that way, but he did. And he's been spending his time trying to figure out a way to apologize. And at first he was catching me, you know, like at the inner city and all this other kind of stuff, like through the inner city social media. I, I, I was like, listen, if you, if you contact me again, I'm calling the police because this is harassment. I have nothing to say to you for the rest of my natural life. That's it. It's like, I miss my friend. No, you don't. No, you don't. We were never friends. Up until this moment, everything that we were to together, together, you destroyed and negated because of your behavior towards me. And I cannot allow that. So you, I can't ever talk to you again. Not because I'm not mad at you. I just can't F with you. <laughs> and I see his people all the time. I, hey, how y'all doing? I don't ask about him. They don't tell me about him because they already know how I get down because we all grew up together. So they know who I am. So they know. They don't bring that mess to my door anyway. So love, grace, <laughs> constant state of forgiveness, risk. That's it. Everything else is supportive. <laughs> Everything, and that's the that's and that's that's the guiding principle of my life. That's how I'm. I'm I feel relatively healthy, and uh, I don't like using heal. I don't in mental health stuff. I know people like it. Oh, go get some healing. I don't. I don't like healing. I'm never gonna be healed from childhood trauma. Nope. It's never. It's never gonna. I'm never gonna be healed from that. I, I'm never gonna be healed from that. But what I, am, what I can be is acknowledging that this happened and it does not drive any decisions that I make. It doesn't drive my life. It is a moment in time that I can acknowledge and recognize, but I'm not centered in that story. I'm not, it, it, it doesn't, it, it, it's not over, it's not a cloud, you know? It is not a cloud. Uh, and, uh, and I don't run from it. I don't hide from it. It's what it is. I just don't center myself in it. I don't stand in it. I don't lead with it. I don't, it doesn't, I don't, you know, I don't use it <laughs> for anything other than if people want to ask me about it, I tell them, this is what has happened to me. And then I put it back in, on the shelf where it belongs. And that's it. So I'm going to take a break. I'll be back because it's about, wait, do I take a break at 1050? Is that what we do, Harry? I guess I do. Or do I take a break at 9.58? I guess. I don't know. <laughs> I always forget. I know when I have a guest, I, I, it's a hard stop at 9.50. And then we take a break and then we go. But when it's just me talking and riffing. So, and our route comes back on Thursday. So we get you some of that. Get you some of that uh, Risha talking. Get some of that. So we look forward to it. So uh, I'm going to go. Am I going, Harry? I'm going. I'll be back. Harry, if you got some Will Smith and DJ Jazz, Jazzy Jeff, um, play that. <laughs> so I get the, ah. Uh, okay. 9.58, 10.50. Okay, good. Oh, I'm talking a little bit more. Okay, for eight more minutes. <laughs> oh, wow. 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 So anyway, that's 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 my message this morning. Love, 
<laughs> Go get you some. <laughs> Go get you some, boys and girls. Woo-wee. Go get you. Go get you some. And that's it. You know, just, you know, live your life accordingly. Don't get stuck in these narratives. No matter how painful, move forward. Create a, create a roadmap for yourself. Where do you want to be? What do you want to do? It's, and it's still time. There's still time to do anything and everything. I'm 60. I'm trying to go to somebody's law school. And that's going to take me three years. I'll be 63, 64. Then, I, then I'd like to practice law somewhere. You know what I mean? That's, that's, that's you know, we're just doing all kinds of stuff. And then, and then we're trying to move out the country. We're trying to find us some space to live somewhere else. You know, even if I do it for 10 years, I don't care. I want to I wanna live in another country. I want to live abroad. You know what I mean? Like I want to I I have that experience before I die. <laughs> that's, that's as clear cut as I could be. And I'm not fixated on death. I'm just acutely aware of my mortality. I don't mess around. I get it. <laughs> So if there's stuff that I want to be doing, I'm not sitting up in my room whining. I was like, okay, this is what I want to do. How can I go do this? I want to go do this. I want to go do this thing. Because I want the experience of things, you know. I was like, oh, I'd like to go do that. How do I do that? And then I just go do it. (laughs) Go do it. Just go do it without fear. I was like, because I'm always thinking, oh, I I just go do it. I can just go do that. Why can't I just go do that? Oh, I'm just going to do that. <laughs> I don't care. Nothing risk, nothing, nothing venture, nothing gain. That's the God's honest truth. Now, am I going to join the Russian ballet? Hell no. But I can take a ballet class if I want to. There's ballet all over the place. I can take a ballet class. Take an African dance class. I don't got to be the best. I'm not even trying to be good. I'm just doing it. I've suspended good, better, best, all that. That's not it for me. I don't don't need accolades. I don't need a trophy. I'm the trophy. My mind is the trophy. My mind, my heart and my mind is the trophy. Put my heart and mind into it. I'm good. That's what I want to, I want to do that. So, so yeah, I do know this. I need to get my butt moving. I don't know what the procrastination is about. I'm gonna get over it quickly, quick, fast, in a hurry. You know. So I tell you one damn thing. I'm glad I don't own a Kia. I'd be mad about it if somebody throw my damn car. I watched this. I watched this TikTok this morning. This woman was going to her car. The little boy was in the car, and she was like, "You don't get the f out of my car." I don't know. If she was had a gun on him. <laughs> Little scrawny ass boy, britches hanging off his butt in her car. She's like, if you don't get you, <laughs> and you know, it's a way that black women say it. That is, when you hear the tone, I don't care who you are. If you hear a black woman get to a particular tone in her voice, you better get to stepping, and I mean, quick, fast, in a hurry. That sister said, if you don't get your bump, 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 out my boop 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 car? 
<laughs> and she had that too. And he looked at her and he knew she was serious. He got out the car, kept it moving. He was stealing her car. So Kia, and I guess Kia got sued for this because their car, Kia and somebody else, their cars are easy to break into. So these kids are like screwdrivers in a, in a USB port. However, <laughs> I don't even know who thinks of it. Criminals don't be sleeping. Let me tell you something. Criminals be on the on their game. I don't get it. I don't, I don't get it. I'm like, the time that it takes me to do that criminal mischief, you could be making some real money, discovering some mess, but all right. Because they're just going to throw you in jail with no, with no thought to how old you are, what you haven't done in your life. They're going to they're gonna harm you. You need to, these young people need to, I don't even know what it, I don't know what it'll take. Somebody asked me the other day, what do, you, what do I think young people need? I, I don't know what they need. I know what I needed when I was a kid. Uh, I know what the Points of Lights Foundation said uh, when Colin Park. Powell was uh, was running um, uh, uh, the AmeriCorps, starting the AmeriCorps stuff, and uh, and he was like, you know, the five things that kids need, and uh, that still is true. And I meant to look it up again yesterday. I know it was a, a caring, safe place, and access to education, and uh, uh, I forgot the name of Colin Powell's. Uh, Foundation, or what is? I don't even. Uh, I gotta. I gotta. Uh, look it out. Look it up. Now it's gonna bother me. And uh, no, that's not what I wanted. Ah, uh, America's promise. America's promise. That's what it is. America's promise is a cross-sector alliance of nonprofit community organizations, businesses, and government organizations dedicated to improving the lives of young people. Yes, that's, that's what it was, America's promise. So anyway, um, and I'll, I'll come back and talk more about that uh, because uh, I wonder if they're still in existence because it was such a big deal and Connecticut committed a whole, had a whole commitment to America's promise and, and put it in the, uh, uh, in the uh, Connect Connecticut had its own answer to America's promise. Um, and uh, cause I, I worked for it when I came out of grad school under uh, like uh, under the department of higher education and Bill Dyson was um, the point person on the board of the, well, was a leading legislator at the time um, and was instrumental in uh, the Connecticut Commission on National Community Service. So that's what it was. Connecticut's uh, commitment to America's promise. So I'll be back. I'm going to take a break and uh, y'all be good. <laughs> Hi, this is Basketball Biden New Haven, Connecticut. And you're listening to WNHHLP 103.5 FM, streaming live at newhavenindependent.org. Just a little something to break the monotony of all that hardcore dance that has gotten to be a little bit out of control. It's cool to dance, but what about a groove that soothes and moves romance? Give me a soft, subtle mix, and if it ain't broke, then don't try to fix it. And think of the summers of the past. 
Adjust the bass and let the alpine blast. Pop in my CD and let me run a rhyme and put your car on cruise and lay back cause it's summertime. Every show you see me in deep 
concentration Cause I'm no comedian Jokers are wild If you wanna be tame I treat you like a child Then you're gonna be named Another enemy Not even a friend of me Cause you'll get fried in the end When you pretend to be competing Cause I just put your mind on pause And I complete when You compare my rhyme with yours I wake you up And as I stare in your face You seem stunned Remember me The one you got your idea from But soon you start to suffer The tuna get rougher When you start to stutter That's when you had enough of Fighting it'll make you choke You can't provoke You can't cope You should have broke Because I ain't no joke Seven MCs. They think that I'm a new jack, but only if they knew that. They who think wrong or they who can't do that style that I'm doing. They might ruin patterns of paragraphs based on you and your all-beat DJ. If anything he play sound familiar, I'll wait to E say play him. So I'ma have to diss who broke. You can get a smack for this. I ain't no joke. of reported COVID cases with higher rates in Hispanic and Black children. Vaccinated six months to five-year-olds are 80% less likely to get COVID, which means 80% healthier New Haven one-year-olds and 100% happier New Haven parents. To learn more, visit nhvvax.org. I love you and I'll always be here Although I often reminisce I can't believe that I found A desire for true love Floating around Inside my soul Because my soul is cold One half of me deserves to be this way till I'm old But the other half Needs affection and joy And the warmth that is created by a girl and a boy I need love 
life. How sweet. I gotta find me a girl to make my life complete. You can scratch my back, we'll get cozy and huddle. I'll lay down my jacket so you can walk over a puddle. I give you a rose, pull out your chair before we eat. Kiss you on the cheek and say, ooh girl, you're so sweet. It's deja vu whenever I'm with you. I could go on forever telling you what I do. But where you at? You're neither here nor there. I swear I can't find you anywhere. Damn sure ain't in my closet or under my rug. This love search is really making me bug. And if you know who you are, why don't you make yourself seen? Take a chance with my love and you'll find out what I mean. Fantasies can run, but they can't hide. And when I find you, I'ma pour all my love inside. I need love.
the second hour of love Babs, love talk i'm Babs rose Ivy. the wheels do indeed keep turning <laughs> they just keep turning baby and we on it we on the ride we're gonna ride we're gonna ride we're gonna ride we're gonna ride we're just gonna ride so i heated up the rest of my coffee because this is a big ass mug unstoppable like kim possible and ron's unstoppable remember kim possible see my kids when my kids were little i watched all the shows i couldn't tell you what a show now for kids if you save my life i know a little bit of baby shark because mila baby shark 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 ba because mila was little but now she's five and i don't think she i don't think she's watching baby shark anymore she's she just discovered twitches which is funny and she said you know twitches is a kid movie i just looked at it and rolled my eyes i was like girl that just came out when my children was your age <laughs> and they was watching it and they had it on lock. <laughs> All they did was watch Twitches and the Cheetah Girls. Oh my God, my life was Cheetah Girls and Twitches <laughs> for years. <laughs> it, felt like, it felt like 2000 years, but it was only like maybe two, two years or three years, maybe at the most. So when she said that to me, I just sucked my teeth. I was like, girl, you know, Little girl, you five. You know how old this thing is. Your 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 godmommy is uh was it was your age when she was watching this stuff, <laughs> and she's twenty one. So, whoo, Lord, Black Jesus. Hmm. So I'm I'm refusing to talk about uh, political stuff. I don't give a damn about Hunter Biden. I don't give a damn whether people think it's a slap on the wrist or whatever. Because let me tell you something. Let me tell you something about the cost, what, however much money he didn't pay back in taxes, which I think was like $100,000. So $200,000 over two years or whatever it is. Do you know how much it would cost to put him in prison? Do you know how much it would cost and, and all the precautions and stuff that they had to put it, they would have to put in place for him? He's, no, I don't think he's above the law, but $200,000, come on, are you kidding me? I, it's, and he, he's already paid it back. So you restrict his movements for a minute or whatever it is. He's always going to be a felon, known as a felon. That's it. I, people get, these Republicans are just stupid. They get stupider by the moment, just by the moment. It just <laughs> and, and the more that they talk about stuff, the more I'm like, it, that level of stupidity has got to burn some kind of way. <laughs> I don't give it. How the Biden ain't elected to nobody's public office. He's not elected to nothing. I don't give a damn if he was getting a check by the, you know how many people was getting checks from the Russians? If they start, if they start looking at all these bank accounts, 
and it's and it's not to say that I don't. I, I mean, what what are the qualifications do you have to be on a board of a of a energy company in another country? I they picked him. Did they pick him because who his father was? Probably, probably. You know, I get picked for stuff because I'm black and I could talk. I get it. I I don't even know. I listen. I just think we just getting bogged down. We got a whole ass former president who was indicted. <laughs> and and these fools want to focus on Hunter Biden who wasn't elected to nothing. <laughs> I was like, y'all, I'm just listening to this mess and I'm thinking, you know how many people walk free from prison? You know how many people get off because they have good attorneys or whatever? He don't need to go to prison. He don't need to stress the prison complex system. He don't need that. And I'm not saying because he's privileged or whatever. I just know it would be a nightmare. It would be a pain for prison to have to deal with him. It would, it would be a pain. And it would cost taxpayers so much money. It would cost tax. See, they don't want to put that part on the table. Put it on the table. How much does it cost taxpayers? If taxpayers knew how much their money was to house people. I don't know. Maybe I'm getting it wrong. I don't know. I could be wrong. I know there's some other criminals that need to be locked the hell up. You know, did he F up? Sure, everybody does. And maybe maybe this feels personal to me because I F'd up too. You know what I mean? Like I, I know what I actually served sometimes. I know, I get, I get that sense. You know, where are you gonna send them? Where are you gonna send a cat like that? Where are you gonna send them? Where, where? you gonna have to put all kinds of security, manpower, around the clock, that kind of stuff all the time, all the time, you know? You know, it's not like he's Martha Stewart. Martha Stewart was a celebrity, but you know, she she's not that kind of celebrity. He's he's he is uh, the son of a sitting president. Well, stop, you know, stop that damn whining. You know, it's enough that he gets to carry felon for the rest of his life. This is trying to embarrass the president. But you know what? Let me tell you something about parents. If you're a parent, you're not going to be embarrassed. You might be like, damn, I wish this would have played out differently. But that's your kid. At the end of the day, that's your kid. You're gonna support, you're gonna stand behind your kid. So I I don't know, I don't know who these people are who think this man gonna what abandon his son. He ain't Donald Trump. <laughs> Donald Trump would sell his own mama <laughs> into white slavery if he could, if it meant that he got some more money or access. He's gonna throw his kids under the bus. Them fools is probably gonna go to jail. <laughs> You know, and Donald Trump is not going to prison either. You're gonna get a slap on the wrist. You're not gonna. You're not gonna see any jail time. I would. I can. I could bet my last money, honey. In the words of uh, Don Cornelius, uh, that they're not gonna send Trump to prison. They, first of all, they couldn't afford it. You can't afford it. You know, I don't. I don't. What are people thinking? You. You. You already whining about the detail that it costs to take care of his family, the Kushners, you know, his, his sons, his grandchildren, you know, it, his wife, the son you never see, the other daughter, you know, do you really want to spend that kind of money? No, you're not going to spend that. And where is, where is he going to go to prison at? Where? Where is they're going to house a, a, a former president? Nowhere. If anything, he'll be remanded to his, to Mar-a-Lago. That becomes a prison. Mar-a-Lago becomes a prison. You can't leave. <laughs> and 
And you got to wear an ankle bracelet. <laughs> I was like, he's not going to prison. You, they can't, you can't afford it. You know what it would take? You have to have all kinds of secret service in prison with him. You'd have to build a separate prison for him. That's how that's going to go. I mean, there's no secure place that they could put him. Nowhere. Come on. Think about this. People are not thinking. They're not thinking about these things rationally. They're not. I know. It's distasteful. It feels like, oh, he's getting away with stuff. Really? You think that? You think that this humiliation, you, you think he already paid the money back. He already, uh, I'm talking about the Biden kid, the Biden man. He done paid the money back. Whatever. The gun charge, they threw that out. We're like, listen, you was on crack. Now, I know that in anywhere else, and he was black, the gun charge would be the prevailing charge. <laughs> He'd do time just for that alone if he was black and, and of no means. So the fact that they got that thrown out is, I think, big. Now he just had to plead one count to the other stuff. All right, but he's already taken care of that. So locking him up is not gonna, I, I, people just wanna see him locked up because they think it'd be humiliating. Do you know what I mean? Like they think it'd be some kind of embarrassment. See, that's how people sort of think about prison population. They, 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 they wanna make punishment punitive and humiliating. That, and that's, for me, that's a little disgusting that the only reason why you want him to go to prison is not because you think he did some wrongdoing, but because you want him to be humiliated and you want to use that in your fundraising schemes. So to say, look at this, look at this, look at this, right? That's because that's the only reason why you're doing it. You're not doing it because you feel some moral um, imperative to be like, we have to stand on what is right. Nope, 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 nope. You think that this will shame his father and that it will turn people away from voting. And, and not so much turn people away from voting because you know you're not gonna get Democrat. But what it will do is just energize the, the, the Republican base, you know, the, the party of the stupid and energize them and get them all hyped up about, oh, that's why we gotta take back. We gotta get back to, to, to making America great again. <laughs> I'm sorry, when was America great, 1865? <laughs> When was America? When was America great? I, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't know about that part. Um, so that, so, so, I, so I say all that to say, this is this is why the prison system is the way it is in this country, because when you take away the celebrityness of Biden, and whatever that is, there's this underlying current of humiliation that they want people to experience going to prison. That's, that's, and that's for everyone. That's the experience they want you to have. They want you to be humiliated and they want to break your spirit. That, that's what that is underneath all of that, the humiliation part, you know, so that, that, so that they can look down on you. Uh, and, but if you're a parent, you're not gonna deal with that. That's your kid. And you want whatever, you wanna make sure that your kid is safe and unharmed. And you're not gonna, you're not going to judge them harshly and you're not going to turn against them. He's not that kind of dad. He was never that kind of dad. So you could, you could use this as a ploy all you want. But at the end of the day, President Biden is a father and he's going to stand up like a father. 
He's not going to stand up like the president behind this. He's going to be like, all right, as a president, let the chips fall where they may. If this is what the legal system is and justice and blah, 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 I'm cool with it. But the father part is like, listen, I'm not entertaining any more of these conversations about my son and what is going on in his life. I stand behind him. I have faith in him. I love him. That's it. That's it. All this other noise is just noise. So people can say, oh, I want to see he got a slap on the wrist. No, whatever. What, whatever. You can say that all day and all night. But be clear. What you want to see is him humiliated. That's what you want to see. You want him shamed and you want him brought low. That's what you want. And there is no humanity in that whatsoever. And people need to sort of get, get understand that. And this is not about, and this is for everybody that's ever gone to prison. That's what the hell they want. They want you to, to, to be ashamed and humiliated and brought low. That's it. That's it. That's it. And so, you know, these Republicans say whatever they want. We get a step in the No, you just want to see them humiliated so that you can write in your little, your little campaign. I'm a, I want to raise some money on this. I want, we're going to send it out to our base. They're going to, we're going to, the money's going to pour in because look, we got him. We got him. We got him. Look, we told you he wasn't no good and blah, blah, blah. He ain't elected to office. No, but no noise about your president, your president who was indicted twice. <laughs> indicted. <laughs> well, <laughs> so talk about, talk about false equivalency. Can you say false equivalency, boys and girls? Oh my God. Anyway, that's all I'm gonna say about that. Because for me, that's how I see it. They can say whatever they want. This is about humiliation and uh, shaming and bringing him low, you know? And it's not really him they want. They just want the father. They want to drag the father. And by, you know, young Biden, Young Mr. Biden is, is not elected to anybody's office. <laughs> he's, not, he's, not in the, he's not the president. <laughs> oh, these people kill me. The stupidity is just ridiculous. It's so thick. So thick. Oh, you got some fighters on that Democratic side. I was watching a sister the other day. She was lighting into that Bobart chick who is stupid. I, you know, <laughs> I, 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 that kind of stupidity is scary to me. <laughs> I don't even, girl, how do you even get out the house for that stupid? <laughs> oh, oh, Lord Jesus. Her and that green woman. Oh, they just chock full of stupidity. And I'm thinking to myself, how did they get, a, how did they get around in the world? Oh, boy, oh, boy, oh, boy. And you got to be in, you got to be in chambers with these dummies, with these ninny heads. My face would be twisted every day. I, you know what? I, <laughs> I'd come into chambers with my eyes rolling the back of my head. I need a cane. <laughs> every time she opened her mom, I would just be like, are you, girl, you know, shut up. Oh my God, she's just stupid. And she just, and she's always barking. And she's so, <laughs> I don't, I don't, 
I don't, I don't, this is a new kind of stupid. I'm not, I'm not accustomed to that level of stupidity. I'm just, I, it's, it doesn't exist anywhere in my circle. So it just, it just baffles me every time I see her say stuff. I'm like, I said, like, but do you know that that's, that's not how that goes, you know? Oh, that's not how that works. Or did you, did you, did somebody brief you before you step into this? They're like, who was talking to you? <laughs> I'm like, are you embarrassed? You got ah, No. All right. <laughs> I don't know what you do with that. I, I, I don't, I don't know what you do with that. I just don't. God help. I mean, I, I mean, I, I don't think prayers are helping. <laughs> I just don't think they're helping. I don't know. Mm. Anyway, I'm, I'm going to leave them alone for now. I will tell you what's freaking me out, though. I've been watching this bear phenomenon. I watched a bear climb up in the second story of a house. See, these people out here in these damn woods. But now, not so much in the woods. These bears are coming in. This bear climbed up on the second story, got in a window like he was hanging, pulled himself into the window, and went in their house and ate these people's pork chops. I don't know what you do with it. And then they, the, the bear is in their house. So the people had to come and tranquilize the bear and then take the bear out. Then they got to haze the bear so the hair bear doesn't come back, which I don't know what, I don't know what haze the bear means. I, I don't know if that's like you beat them up, you slap them around, don't go back. I don't know what that is. And they take them. But this bear situation is just, I mean, can't they just take these bears somewhere where they could be with bears? Like, is there a bear habitat somewhere? Because it's just, it seems to be a lot of them. And uh, it's getting a little scary, I think. If I lived out there someplace, and, and we've had bear sightings in New Haven, so I don't, I don't even know, I, I, I don't know what I would do. These bears, you know, and, and they're just off the chain. These bears, I was like, did they even hibernate? <laughs> Why are they, why are they, you know, uh, these bears are really, uh, and they're getting bold. Like the guy that was sitting, uh, fishing in the, in the someplace and the bear charged him unprovoked and bears don't, don't do that. Tell me these bears, they're off the chain. So I, I don't know between bears and artificial intelligence. What are these two things going to kill us all? Maybe it's not the planet of the apes. Maybe it's the bears. <laughs> I saw a rope, an artificial intelligent robot. I think it was like for $8 million. And it, you know, of course he's white, blue eyes, the whole thing, skin, the whole thing. He was like, I think it was like $8 million. And he could do stuff, right? I don't know if I'd, if I'd want a robot in my house because I wake up in the middle of the night and that thing just gets uncharged or whatever. And I don't know if you could fight it. <laughs> I don't know if you could pull, pull, a, pull a switch. Like, how do you disarm it? You know, and now they're building our, our artificial intelligence with its own ability to smarten itself. So at some point, they're going to be smarter than us if, it, if, it's not already, if it's not already happening. I just don't know, I, between bears and artificial intelligence, I, don't, I just don't know how we're gonna survive.
that and then sharks, you know, sharks. Sharks are, pro are problematic. And I love that they say, well, it's, it's unusual, it's uncommon. But I swear to God, every time I turn on the TV, somebody's getting mauled by a shark. So I, it, may not, it may not be as frequent, but I swear to God, I feel like sh sharks are just getting closer and closer to the, to the water's edge. Sharks, bears, and artificial intelligence. <laughs> I'm, gonna take, I'm, gonna, I'm, I'm gonna start running a list of all, this, all the things that's gonna harm us. So sharks, bears, artificial intelligence, the, the, the killing off of bees. You know, if we kill all the bees, we might as well say uh, goodnight, Gracie. Y'all too, way too young to know that saying. But if we get rid of the bees, that's going to be a huge problem. And if you, if, and, I, and I know the Republicans don't know anything about this because science is not, you know, unless, unless it's not in the Bible about bees, they're not entertaining it. Um, so I'm gonna add bees, the, the bees, endangered bees to my list that, that's gonna kill us. And not that bees is gonna kill us, but the extinction is gonna kill us. <laughs> so I'm a, a bears, sharks, artificial intelligence, and the, uh, the killing of the extinction of bees. That's four things. And then throw some weather in there, that's five. It, and I don't care what the weather is. Any, any weather is gonna kill us, whether it's these ridiculous amount of storms that we're having because the earth is warming or, or blizzards or freezing, or heat waves, or I mean, weather. So that's my that's my five things I think will kill us. And then and then I'll just start adding to that list of stuff, you know, that that's gonna that's gonna kill us because uh, we're not good stewards of the earth. We're just not. We used to be. Somebody said we used to be good stewards of the earth, you know, before technology. But we've always had technology, whether it's smoothing the wheels and the wheels go on a wagon to pull stuff. That's technology, right? You know, flint to, to light fire. That's technology. You know, for the moment, that's what it was, right? Um, so uh, I dare say though, we have technology that's not helping us. <laughs> we have technology, I think that's almost doing more harm than good. Bears, sharks, artificial intelligence, the extinction of bees, weather. Those are the five things I think that's gonna kill us. And any one of these things we could do something about. Maybe not the weather so much, but we certainly can lessen the effects of the weather if we do some things, you know. And, uh, and that we don't seem to be doing that. So I'm just saying. And, you know, if you didn't learn a thing or two about at the end of days, you know, that smoke coming down from Canada was a lot. If that didn't give people pause about how this earth could go, you know what I mean? Like how the earth could really go. Whew. And people were reluctant to put on masks. And you know, smoke particles in your lungs. You know how long it takes for it to get out? Long time, years. Years and years and years. So, so we're not gonna see the effects of this for a good while. You know, because the question is going to come up: uh, where, where did you live? What part of the country did you live in when you, before you got lung cancer? 
part of the country did you live in? You know? What part of the country? So, listen. That's all there is to it. I don't know. I, I don't know. The world is a, a beautiful place and magical and mysterious and wonderful. But we are doing everything we can to destroy it. We are. And, uh, you know, when you've got people who want to who want to build on 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 sanctioned land, you know, save the land for oil instead of figuring out what other ways we could fuel the world, you know. And I know people are working on that, but there are people like, oh, we could just we could just keep digging into the earth and raping the earth, and you know, we don't give a damn about native people and throw them off. We throw them off once, let's throw them off again. <laughs> <laughs> that's what it is oh we don't care about that we don't care about that we you know we gotta do we gotta do what we want to do okay and what is that exactly what do you want to do oh you want to decimate the planet all right well you want to you want to leave this planet uh worse than what you found it you know we don't need clean water oh why do we need clean water we don't need um because <laughs> you know Clean water, the seas. You know how much stuff we have dumped into the oceans, plastics in the ocean, poisons into the ocean. The oceans, you know, where we get our fish from, where we get a lot of stuff from. All that stuff. All that stuff. It's amazing to me how we just not good stewards of the of the world. And and we better get a clue. Because we don't got another world, you know. I need to find out if they uh, found the submarine yet. Oh my God. I, I don't understand how those people, I, I don't, I, if I'm a billionaire, I'm gonna tell you what I'm not gonna do. I'm not gonna spend my money doing daredevils-ish. <laughs> I had a billion dollars. You think I'm going in the bottom of the ocean in a little, a little sardine can just so I can see the Titanic? I'm like, they don't got no cameras they can't see no cameras down there you could look that way i don't i don't need to go see it i, I don't even that just makes no sense to me but maybe it doesn't because it's not my money but now you know lost your life you your son some other folks they pay two hundred fifty thousand dollars to get in this thing and go down to see this titanic titanic and and i guess that people have been doing this whatever i don't know i i wouldn't do it I'd be like, there's nothing better to do. You, you can't you just go watch the movie? The movie's like eight thousand hours long. Go watch the movie. Uh, there's people that are already taking pictures of this thing, and and artwork and and film, and they've been down there shooting it. And you needed to go down there and see it for yourself because why? And I'm not saying they deserve to die. That is that's not my point. My point is, I just would have found something else to do. I don't want to be that rich where I'm bored. Because that's just boredom. I don't see it. I just don't get it. I don't get it. And, and they're, they're almost out of oxygen. I think tomorrow is it, right? Less than tomorrow, like the oxygen is out. I was like, gosh. Ugh, too bad I didn't have enough oxygen for like weeks. Do you know what I mean? Like, I don't get it. I hope they find them. 
I hope in the nick of time that they are found so, so they can get back up on, on land and get cussed out. <laughs> that's what I want. <laughs> that's, that's really what I want to see. I want to see them get back on, on land and then get cussed out. And I dare somebody to say, oh, I would do it again. I Because I, then they would get punched square in the mouth for that foolishness. And here's the thing, here's the crazy part for me, that the, the company that owned that submersible, submersive vehicle, whatever they call it, little baby submarine, they waited eight hours to say that these people weren't heard from. Eight hours. You know, that's going to be, they might as well just write, just give everybody who's in that family, all the families, a blank check because lawsuits are going to come. Because I don't, there's no way in hell you're going to be explained that you didn't have no, you knew the signal went dead for them and you didn't, you didn't get help for eight hours. They could have, they, they, if you would have probably got help, they probably could have found those people within a couple of hours before it sunk lower or drifted somewhere or whatever. The, that first moment when you couldn't find them, you should have amassed the resources to go look for them. But they didn't do that, so somebody gonna have to they, somebody gonna have to explain this in a court of law. You better believe there are gonna be lawsuits coming. <laughs> you might as well shut your company down. It's no longer viable because these people are gonna take every damn thing. And all these people was on this thing was had money because you know it's a two hundred fifty thousand ticket. <laughs> and then you find out some of the some of the information was not, you know, all the way true. You know, NASA was like, I mean, uh, the, the, the NASA people was like, we don't know nothing about any of this. And then the other, the oceanographer people and the government people were like, we didn't we help build this thing. You know, we, 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 they told us what we were doing. We're like, okay, that's it. We didn't help build it. We didn't send over no whatever. I hope they find these people so they could get them on ground so they could get cussed clean on out. That's what I want to see. I hope they are rescued. I hope it's not a tragedy. I hope they're rescued because I want to see them get cussed out by their loved ones. Be like, don't you ever do that again, ever, never, never, never. So I'm hoping against hope, you know, that they, and they got people from around the world who are experiencing this kind of stuff, helping them. But, you know, the thing is, and I was watching the guy this morning on Good Morning America. He's like, you know, even if you find them, you still got to get the craft up to the to the top of the to the to up above water. I don't, how do you do that? <laughs> this ain't listen. Where's Tom Cruise when you need a Mission Impossible? <laughs> where's Tom Cruise when you need Mission Impossible? Oh my God! This is it's, I I don't want it to be a tragedy because I, I I just don't want it to be a tragedy. Uh, and and the oxygen is running out, and you know, I I, don't, I can't imagine, you know, what they must be doing. I mean, do you do you do you find a pencil and paper and start writing stuff? Do you do you make a recording saying, you know, I'm sorry, and put it in a plastic bag, and hopefully somebody will find it. I, I mean, I don't know what you do. I I don't know what you do. I I I probably will be writing out something to to my to my peoples and just like. I noticed some baggies on the point on this on this baby submarine, and uh, and, and just leave them in the baggies. I mean, I'm sure there's some Tupperware or something you can put stuff in there because withstand 
you know, waterproofing. <laughs> oh my God. That's just too much money. Too much money. Too much money. You bored. I don't I don't know who thinks of that. I, I could tell you right now, it would not be me. I just wouldn't be I'd be like, can you just send a take some can you send a camera down there and take some pictures? I'll look at it that way. You could live send a live camera down there, I could live stream it. I don't like the ocean like that, no way. So I feel, I feel, I, I, I honestly got hope uh, that this is not a tragedy. That that when I get off air, I'll hear some news that they they rescued them and that everybody's okay. That's a that's a lot to take on, and uh, that's a lot. That's that's a lot, and uh, that's going to be a lot of grief and pain, and you know. It's going to be a lot. So anyway, uh, I'm praying. I, I'm, I'm offering up all kinds of prayers. So hopefully it'll be a good outcome. You know, in any event, I hope they find that submersible. And, uh, you know, hope against hope. I mean, listen, they just found folks, uh, uh, those children that were wandering in the woods for 40 days, right? Those little children in South America, they was found. The plane went down. Everybody was killed, but these little kids. And, uh, and it was like one was like four or something, or two, you know. And the 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 oldest kid was like fourteen or some old mess. And they found these children. So anything is possible. Uh, anything is possible. And you know, sometimes they find when people go down into mines and they get trapped and they find them. You know, days upon days or war places or buildings topple on people. And, and they and they keep digging, and sometimes you you get lucky, and uh, that you find some folks still alive holding on. So maybe that'll be that situation. Anyway, I'm on my way out, and uh, thanks for hanging out with me today. Today is Wednesday. Tomorrow's Thursday. I'll be back. Thanks, Harry. Thanks, Paul. I'll see y'all tomorrow. <laughs>